The following is a Westminster Seminary, California morning devotion given by a guest speaker. The statements, views, and opinions presented in this message are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Westminster Seminary, California. For more information about Westminster Seminary, California, visit us online at wscal.edu or call 888-480-8474. That's online, wscal.edu or call 888-480-8474. 8474. Well, it's my pleasure this morning to introduce our special guest speaker here in chapel at Westminster Seminary, California. Uh, David Zoll is the founder and director of Mockingbird Ministries, editor-in-chief of the popular Mockingbird website and co-host of The Mocking Cast. He and his wife and children live in Charlottesville, Virginia, where he also serves on the staff of Christ Episcopal Church, supervising ministry to college students. He's the author of several books, including his most recent one called Seculosity, How Career, Parenting, Technology, Food, Politics, and Romance Became Our New Religion and What to Do About It. So thank you, Dave, for being with us. Please come. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm going to read from Luke. Uh, This is... um, Actually, don't it? I think it's Luke 14. Um, On one occasion, when Jesus was going to the house of a leader of the Pharisees to eat a meal on the Sabbath, they were watching him closely. When he noticed how the guests chose the places of honor, he told them a parable. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not sit down at the place of honor in case someone more distinguished than you has been invited by your host. And the host who invited both of you may come and say to you, give this person your place. And then in disgrace, uh, you would start to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit down at the lowest place so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. The word of the Lord. Um, thank you for having me. Uh, I don't think I've ever spoken at a seminary chapel before. Uh, and uh, so I know that it's early and this is not mandatory. So I'm, I'm touched that you're all here. So uh, it's good to be here. I've been receiving publications from Escondido for years and years and years, but I've never actually been here. So to see where the sausage gets made is pretty cool. Uh, if you're a mod, modern Reformation uh, subscriber and a White Horse Inn listener, I would always tell the joke that my wife, when we were dating, uh, decided it would be a way of flirting with me to call into the White Horse Inn and ask a question. It was a serious question. It was one of their, they were talking about suffering. It was the, the Blue Note uh, uh, series that they did. And all of a sudden, I'm listening in my car because I'm an itinerant youth minister at the time. And she didn't tell me she'd done this. So all of a sudden, I hear her asking Dr. Horton a question. And I think to myself, you know, I got to marry this girl. So... <laughs> How many people have done that over the years? I don't know. They were just pawns, just pawns in our romance. Um, well, thank you for having me. Um, something else had happened when we were dating, uh, or actually right after we were married. We went to go see the opening, uh, The Dark Knight, you know, with Christian Bale. The, not, the, not The Dark Knight Rises, The Dark Knight with Heath Ledger as the Joker. We saw it on opening night in New York City. And I thought that... Um, 
you know, we'd gotten tickets, so isn't that great? And I thought that the theater, because we'd never been to the theater, I thought it was about 10 minutes closer to us than it actually was. And so we show up on opening night, I think in the middle of the previews. And if you recall, these were very popular movies. And this is before the time when you can reserve spaces in movie theaters, which you can do now, praise God. Um, this is opening night. The only two seats together are in the first row. It's an IMAX theater, so it's an enormous screen. The only two seats are in the very first row, basically right over there on the far uh, right-hand side. This is not good. It doesn't look good for a young husband because you're, you're going to be sitting there like this. You didn't really even want to go to the movie, to be honest with you. And you're going to have... We were sore for a week afterwards because we were craning our necks for three-plus hours um, because it turns out where, where you sit matters. Today, we don't go... If we see that there are only those seats available at a, at a movie showing in our town, at least, we just don't go because where you sit matters. I was uh, at a wedding a couple of uh, weeks ago, and um, the, there were so many bridesmaids that the uh, bride wisely decided to line uh, her friends up in uh, order of height, right? Or it might have been alphabetical order. Whatever it was, it wasn't any implied intimacy. It wasn't a ranking of your friends. This is a big dilemma for people in weddings. And so I thought, this is so sweet. This is so, you know, sensitive. And the last thing you want is people getting their feelings hurt on your wedding day. But then, of course, uh, afterwards, it was a seated dinner where we all had uh, seated. We, we could all had to places to sit, and we found out exactly where we stood in uh, the ranking system of friends, because some of us were next to the bathroom, and uh, where all those servers came through, uh, and some of them were right next to uh, the bride and groom, because where you sit matters. Where you sit matters. Uh, I'm reminded of, um, I live in a university town in Charlottesville, and, and I deal with a lot of university students. And you know what it's like to be an undergraduate and walking into a dining hall your first time and not really knowing where you're going to sit. Uh, you know, today you have phones to distract you, and you can even sort of pretend as though you were there to sit by yourself all along, right? But um, in, in times past, you would walk in there, you'd be petrified. What if I don't have anyone to sit? Who do I sit with? Do I sit with that table? You know, the, the mean girls phenomenon. Where do I sit? Where do I stack up? Where you sit matters. There's a pecking order in all of these situations that I've talked about. And uh, it leads me to the gospel passage that I just read, where um, Jesus is at the house of a Pharisee. And he's been invited, but as a lot of these dinner parties that he was invited to, it's a tense, it's a tense party. You, you get the sense that they, they invited him. It says they were watching him closely, is what the text says. And I, I think of this in modern parlance, and what I think is that people probably had their phones ready to, in order to take a video in case he did or said anything potentially embarrassing or incriminating, right? Today, you, it, it's hard to make a faux pas on these kind of levels that Jesus would without it being spread around. And people could see it. They're watching him closely. They want to they catch him in the act. They want something against him. And Jesus, being Jesus, he sort of rises to the occasion, doesn't he? He doesn't help matters. He makes it more awkward than it already is. By pointing out the self-centered behavior of the guests as they're sitting down. Not like something they did a week ago. 
not something they might do in the future, but what they're doing right now. It's incredible. Um, and he does this by telling a parable. He says, don't take the seat of honor. He notices that, that as they file in, they're seating themselves in a way that indicates who's the most important. You know what it's like. You walk in, you, they're, they're sizing up the crowd, comparing themselves to who's sitting there, and then choosing the seat with the most highest rank that they could get away with, the highest part of the pecking order they could get away with. Or we do this all the time, I think, um, and he is saying, don't, don't be like these people. <laughs> don't be like how you're being right now. Don't, because you're all trying to, you're sizing everyone up. You're trying to figure out where you fit in the pecking order. Now, today, we like to pretend that we don't have a very classist society. You watch the Downton Abbey movie, for example, that was out in theaters right now, I think. And you think that that's the past, that's England, that's not really the case. And every time I'm, uh, as a dyed-in-the-wool East Coast person, you come to the West Coast, and a lot of the indicators of the social strata are, are different here, right? People don't care as much where you went to prep school, for example, or they don't care uh, about, but they do care about, you know, your, 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 what is it, your body fat mass index, from what I can tell. Or they care about, you know, your, your, what, what sort of, uh, how you look in a, in a way that because you're in bathing suits all the time or something like that. I don't quite know. I don't understand the West Coast. I don't live here. But I know that on the East Coast, people are measuring each other and sizing each other up constantly. And a lot of it has to do with pedigree, things like that. Um, and uh, we do live in a society with all sorts of strata. And you know what? In the church we do too. I was at a pastor's convention, uh, a Lutheran pastor's convention in, uh, in uh, Daytona Beach. Not a great place, Daytona Beach, by the way. You could go to, I'd pass that one. Uh, check it off the list. Um, there's a reason MTV filmed all those specials there. Uh, but... You walk in there and you talk to the guys and they're like, well, that's the large, that's, that table is with all of the like endowed parishes, the endowed churches. They've got plenty of money. We're out here, we're, we're in the churches that are dying and dying fast. We're in the churches where, and, and, and they've taken some of our people and there's a pecking order. That's, those are the, those are the senior people or those are the young upstarts. They're going to be meeting later to figure out how they can depose the synod president. You know, it's like that's the sort of, there's a pecking order even within churches and within uh, pastors, uh, uh, communities. We rank ourselves. We do this tirelessly. Uh, We are just like these people at this dinner party. Uh, We believe that the higher we rank, uh, the higher we score, uh, the, the more esteem we garner, and therefore the more love. And we're desperate for love. Tim Kreider, the the New York Times columnist, once said that we are psychopaths for love. We will do anything we can to get love. And so we find ourselves in an increasing amount of venues, turning them into dinner parties where we can can ask of this venue, am I loved? Am I enough? Am I righteous? Am I good? Am I better than that person? Am I at least better than her? Tell me. I'm good. In an academic situation, you have, you have grades that are very properly tell you where you're ranked. Uh, you know, they used to really paste 
I, I'm not, we're not that old where you don't remember the, the times where they would paste everyone's grade on a sheet outside of, uh, uh, in, the, in like the hallway. So it was awkward. You couldn't hide. If that happened to you, you'll never forget it. Um, but professors now, even, they used to get, 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 get free of this, but now they're reviewed, right? Professors get reviewed. And the way that administrators have to deal with this, then colleges get ranked. Uh, you get, you know, it's, it's nonstop. And sometimes I deal with undergraduates who think, though, the grading, the ranking game ends once I finally get that first job. Wrong. It might shift venue. If you're in my context, like you rank yourself according to how many dinner party invitations you get in the first place. You ever gone over to someone's house and checked to see how many Christmas cards they've gotten? or how many invitations they've gotten, and all of a sudden you realize your place in the social pecking order, and it's not quite where you thought it was. Anyway, we rank ourselves according to our children's performance, the kind of car we drive, the house we live in, the amount of people in our pews, the amount of downloads on our podcast. Uh, this is, uh, I know a person recently who refused a dinner invitation because uh, she said that the house was too nice. <laughs> she didn't want to be reminded of her rank. Thank you very much. I will eat McDonald's in my car and cry. You know, uh, I'm just kidding. She didn't actually do that. But this is why the internet exists: is to find new and ingenious ways to rank and measure ourselves. Right? What else is it good for? We can tally the number of likes. Uh, I put out a book in the spring, and I get to know exactly where I am on the Amazon ranking system every day, on a basically hourly basis. I can check. And so I can t- find out where, how I'm doing in the world and with my Heavenly Father. Just kidding. Um, this isn't just a young people thing. There's a pecking order in the nursing home. If uh, Our church has a, has, a ministry, has a jail ministry and a very active nursing home ministry. And you know where the people with the most seniority sit. And you know where the newbies sit. And you know in both of those contexts... You don't outrun this by getting older. In fact, it just becomes a little more transparent after becoming a little less transparent. What does Jesus say? He sees what's going on and he says, go and sit down at the lowest place. Notice what he doesn't say. He doesn't say, just be a little more honest in how you rank yourselves. Just, quote unquote, get real. Be a little, be a little more upfront about, you know, you're not, you're not the best person here. You're not the worst. Let's not, you know have self-loathing. You're, you're, you're sort of in the middle. Figure it out. Now, that is, would be even more difficult, right? Because like, at least in this case, they're all pretending that they're better than they are. If they actually had to do it according to what they were really like, that would be excruciating. He doesn't say that. In fact, by urging us to take the lowest seat, I don't think he's urging us to adopt false humility. I believe he is urging us to get out of the ranking game entirely. Don't even play. You'll note, though, that at no point is the invitation up for grabs. I, I, I love that. Uh, it's, um, for instance, if you get into, in my context, if you get into UVA, uh, all of a sudden, uh, and that's an inner circle, at least in our state, and then once you're there, you have to get into an inner circle of uh, Lewis. C.S. Lewis talked about this so beautifully. Then you have to get an inner circle of the right fraternity or sorority. Um, and uh, the truth is, in, the, in this case, in, in the parable he tells, um, in no, at no point is the actual invitation to the party revoked. 
And that's, I think, an important grace note that, um, because we sort of believe that it will be if we get it wrong, if we don't keep improving. So why does he say this? Well, I'll just say two reasons that I think that he, um, what we can see in the text. He knows that our measuring sticks are faulty. No matter what measuring stick you adopt, no matter how much research is behind it, it will be faulty by uh, virtue of it being yours. It will be faulty. Our measuring sticks are often the wrong ones. We don't really see ourselves uh, or other people that clearly. You know, just ask your spouse what they think you need to change about yourself. And they will probably answer something different than what you think you need to change about yourself or where you would sit. Uh, We are not trustworthy arbiters of our own place in the pecking order. And I believe we can infer that from the fact that he reverses the order. He says, uh, he he doesn't just discard the order, he reverses it. He says, for all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. It's a beautiful ethic that you see borne out time again in Christ's words. He paints a picture of, uh, the, of service being the heart of what constitutes a meaningful or a, a pecking order worthy life. And if you take it to its logical conclusion, you can see what this would play out in, in the larger world. I mean, you'd have heads of businesses uh, and corporations who could do all they could to encourage and serve their employees. You'd have companies themselves that would not exist for their own profit, but for the sake of the world and the good of others. You'd have husbands and wives who would serve one another rather than seek to control one another. You'd have professors who would consider it a privilege to teach and serve their students rather than an onerous obligation. I think Christ also realizes that a life of establishing yourself in the pecking order is an exhausting life, one that is driven by fear of seeing others as threats, potential threats to your own standing rather than as neighbors. Uh, You know, um, it is uh, that we don't realize that we are not who we should be just like they are. But then a funny, the parable doesn't end there after he says that people should take the lowest seat. A funny thing happens to those who take the bottom seat, right? The host, Jesus tells us, will come over and say to that person, friend, move up higher. The host comes to you. The host descends the ladder of ranking and doesn't just doesn't do it with a wagging finger. He descends the ladder of ranking with a, a, an, an open arms, with good news, with a audible invitation. And I don't think it's a stretch to say that Christ is referring to himself here, or at least there's some sense of foreshadowing of the God who descended to earth to take the form of a little baby full of humility, lowest on the totem pole, who grew up to be a man crucified as a criminal. Not just as a criminal, by the way, but as an enslaved criminal. That's what crucifixions were for, was for slaves who were criminals. It wasn't, for, it wasn't just for slaves or just for criminals. Um, I learned that recently. Um, God who descended to earth to take the form of uh, full of humility, who was actually tyrannized by those whose pecking order he threatened. Right? And yet that bloody cross 
uh, speaks to us throughout the, the centuries, saying that your honor, your value, your belovedness is not determined by what you perceive your rank to be or how high up you have managed to hustle. Nor is it determined by your past or even your present. Your identity is determined by how God sees you. Someone for whom he is willing to die. Someone for whom he emptied himself of all honor and took the last place. Someone who therefore adopts you as a beloved child. Now I'll close with one final image because I know we're almost done. Uh, Thomas Wolfe's Look Homeward Angel. Perhaps you've read the book. It was, Thomas Wolfe was this amazing writer in the uh, turn of the last century and uh, I don't think people read him as much anymore. He's lost some, 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 some ground in the pecking order. Um, <laughs> but it is a, a, a coming of age story about a boy named Eugene Gant. It's set in a small southern city in the early 1900s. And in one scene, Gant is 12 years old, and he's, he's, what is it like to be a 12-year-old boy at school? He is being pecked at by his peers, and he is pecking them in return. In fact, though, he's low down on the middle school pecking order. Uh, He's not well-liked. He's sort of a loner, but there's one below him. There's one boy below him, a Jewish boy, the only one in the school. And all the boys would torment this young Jewish boy. He was, as Wolf writes, the, quote, target of concentrated abuse. Years later, Wolf writes this, Eugene thought of this young Jew with piercing shame later in life. For not only did he join in the persecution of the boy, he was also glad at heart because of the existence of someone weaker than himself, someone at whom the flood of ridicule might be directed. Years later, it came to him that on the narrow shoulders of that Jew lay a burden that he might otherwise have borne that the overladen heart was swollen with a misery that might have been his. Well, this morning, before we go out to do our various endeavors and to set about pecking and being pecked at, hear this, that the flood of ridicule, the burden of shame and guilt and insecurity, the fallout of our endless jockeying for position has been laid on the shoulders of another Jew. Jesus Christ himself, who though he was strong, made himself weak, who though he was first, made himself last. As he says about himself, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. You see, he knew the cost of being last. He himself was pecked at, but he was pecked to death. And he did give his life as a ransom for many. And not just for many, but for you. That we might enjoy his banquet where he meets us with open arms and says simply, friend, move up higher. Let us pray. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning, for uh, the beauty of your creation, this beautiful day. Thank you for this community. Uh, thank you for the uh, future, the, the, the many, many uh, strands of ministry that emanate out from this wonderful place. I ask that you would be with us today uh, with all of your, and all of your grace and your mercy and your presence and your um, just inspiring uh, forbearance. We pray that uh, for each and everything we do and for those that we love and those who we find it difficult to love, uh, grant us uh, grace and mercy at wherever uh, pecking order we find ourselves dealing with today. In Christ's name, amen. Copyright Westminster Seminary, California, 2019. All rights reserved. You are permitted to reproduce and distribute this material in any format, provided that you do not alter the wording in any way and do not charge a fee beyond the cost of reproduction. For web posting, a link to this document on our website is preferred.